Everyone is someone's little brother, unless you're not. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined as always by the man who is traversing the great state of Michigan, attempting to find Keon Coleman so he could apologize <laughs> personally, Kevin Greck. Greck, did you see the end of Saturday's game? I like how Keon Coleman, it, it, while he was mid-flight to dunk that ball, transmorphed into a crow so he could dunk right on me. Uh, yeah, I deserve I deserve everything that I am undoubtedly going to get over the course. In fact, as I look down, listener Mike Jones, first question, Ken Coleman. I don't know if it's about me. I like to think that it is because everything should be. But uh, I do anticipate that I'm going to get uh, dragged this episode. Transmorphed, I believe, is what you're going to get this, this episode. Uh, and also here, that that other voice is the man who taught Tom Izzo how to kiss other men on the neck. Alex Plum. <laughs> Plum. How'd he do? Bingham was gushing. Blushing and gushing. Oh. Uh, Tom Izzo was in rare form on Saturday's game. Uh, thank you, folks, for listening. Uh, if we could ask a small favor, please share the pod with Spartans in your life. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get podcasts. And follow us on Twitter. And maybe Instagram at Spartan underscore pod. Uh, maybe. maybe. Probably not. Gentlemen, I'm going to do the structure of the show this week because we're throwing a wrench into things. Whoa. The way I see it. Big league. Big rivalry week. So we're going to start with the green wall and we're going to start straight with hoops. Uh, it would not be a normal week unless we talked a little football where there's some very exciting news. Uh, we're going to head off Grand River. Uh, dunk on Michigan for being a duck. Uh, and then also probably ruining our fortune in the college football playoff committee, uh, committee changes. Uh, and then we're going to preview some games and head to over to take your Twitter questions. Um, so with that, gentlemen, Greenwall, let's get it started. Uh, and we'll start on a downer note. Uh, Michigan State goes to Champaign uh, and is not toasting after the game. Are we not? Uh, are, are we not? Doing the sport that leads, we're going right into the basketball. He said, listen, he just he just teed it up. We got to do downer note first. I'm so, the one who gets yelled at generally for not paying attention on this podcast. Unbelievable! Wow, I I I can't believe I was so tuned out. I even said I'm going to start yeah. doing the structure of the show because I'm it. throwing a wrench, throwing in a wrench, whole wrench. So yeah, we're start we're starting with hoops, uh, and we're going to start with Illinois. Uh, we lost. Like he said, rivalry week. We got to start with Illinois. Uh, 56-55, loss in Champaign. Greg's like over there contemplating whether to cut this whole section. <laughs> I might just cut the whole episode. Yeah, why not? At this point. You, gave me, you gave me the last right to cut. And, That's uh, fair. That's I, I might just record my own episode where you guys are like, I never heard you say that Keon Coleman will never play basketball. And also, you're a handsome tiny, man, Kevin Greck. Tiny Thank you. Tim. Tiny Tim, <laughs> all of us. Okay, this is what I'm going to say about the Illinois game. And I uh, am not as uh, equanimous as maybe the two of you are. Oh, yeah. But mm-hmm. but I will say, by the end of the game, I was not as angry as I had been Throughout the game, if that makes sense. It was amazing how my phone just the the uh alerting, just the the interval went wider and wider towards the end of the game. Yes. Whereas in the first half, it was just like bzzzed, bzzzed, bzzzed. <laughs> but it, as the second half came to a close, it would be bzzzed. And a few beats. Wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. <laughs> i have a problem uh so you know i don't know that there's i mean i think folks might point to the fact that uh kobe coburn wasn't in the game andre corbello was not in the game um and say wow like it's super embarrassing that you lost uh because of that i i mean i would counter first of all that illinois plays differently it's a completely different game plan they have to play when Kofi Coburn's not in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, it's just a different Illinois team than you might have scouted all week, for instance. But I don't know that there's much to say because 11 turnovers, so lower than normal. 
Um, and 55 points, much lower than normal. I, I look at the stat sheet and I say, we just didn't shoot very well. And I mean, there's other, obviously there's a lot more you could diagnose. I think well, Max no. Christie in particular had a bad game for Max yeah. Christie. I, like, I'm not trying to give a whole pass, but you know, we held them to 56 points. Like, it just seemed like a lot of shots just weren't going in. Well, and Malik Hall couldn't find it, the, the 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 net either. I mean, it just yeah. was un, unfathomable. Nothing was dropping. Gabe Brown had a terrible night. It just, the things that you look for to start rallying the team, they continued to flop at. I mean, things were just an easy layup and the ball just spits back out of the rim. I think Gabe at one point got called for goaltending on something that was just like doofus brained. Yeah. You yeah. know, so uh, that hurt us. I'll, you know, I'm, we've harked on, Turnovers all year, they scored 15 points off our 11 turnovers. You know, that's a huge deal. When you lose by one point, even one of those turnovers cost us. And Christie himself had three. Hogard had two. Hogard redeemed himself on Saturday. But this is the consistency piece. And it's when any one of these things isn't firing, and obviously turnovers was a problem on Saturday too, so that's going to continue to fire as an, as an issue. It's You get that additive pile-on effect. And yet, despite all of that, yes, despite... Gabe having a terrible night, despite Malik not being able to to finish, despite Christie having just a, off two points, you know, unfathomable performances. We only lost by one. <laughs> so there's that. On, on the road against on the a road. very good team. Yes. And, uh, you know, they had to come back to do that too. It yes. wasn't like yeah. it was a, it wasn't a close game. I mean, they had to rally. They had to sustain. Yep. Um, And then, you know, Malik Hall misses a free throw. And, and then, then makes, makes a free, a free throw. throw. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I mean, you know, I, I look and I'm looking at the three point line right now and 21% is not like that. That's below bad for us yeah. as, as we've been shooting. And well, so, yeah. you know, it, there's the point guard play could have been better. Like, you know, you, you can find your spots, but it, undeniably it was a bad shooting night. I think a solid, despite the fact that I think. Christie had a bad defensive night. Um, you know, we got cooked a little bit early by Trent Frazier, who is an absolute stud. Um, yeah. You know, it just was a bad night. And, and like, I, I don't know that it was conceivable for any of us to expect to run the table in the Big Ten. So going to Assembly Hall, dropping it by one, after clawing back from, what was the halftime deficit? Uh, 12, S- right? Yeah. No. At half, oh, 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 Illinois. Illinois 12, sorry, or sorry, was sorry, it 14? Sorry, yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. Yep, it was. 12. So, you know, I like I, I think we all talked after the game and I'm like, I'm not mad. Yeah, you lose on the road in the Big Ten. That's how and against good teams. Yeah, that I, was like, for contention in the Big Ten. So I think, again, if, if your best players have their worst nights of the year, the team as a team performs horribly together and you only lose by one on the road. You know, that's, I guess, the way I want it to happen. Like, that's pretty good. Yeah, I will say if, if you know we've got to hand out some some kudos. Marcus Bingham plays 18 minutes, six rebounds, four blocks, one steal, 13 points. Uh, Marcus Bingham had himself a game. Uh, it's a theme. You know, we just need to get some more Marcus Bingham. Yeah. Uh, on the court. Get out, um, COVID. Well, and as I recall, Malik didn't play most of the first half. Does that sound right? That's that's also correct. Malik Hall only got seven minutes in the first half, I and- believe all seven of his points came in the second half. Yeah. And, and Izzo was even like asked about that. He's like, yeah, just a, I dildoed that one. And he has been, I mean, he's just made some real decisions that he can't really account for and doesn't really brook confidence, but he doesn't run the, the rotation on the bigs though. Right. Doesn't, doesn't Dwayne Stevens run the rotation on the bigs. I think Malik Hall probably is part of it. Nothing happens without time is knowing about it. Whatever, whatever. But yeah, and, and Tom is just not going to take accountability for it either. Like, I mean, sure, you know. Yeah. Um, but let's head over and talk about Saturday uh, because I think it's fair to say that we stomped Michigan on Saturday, and it felt great. Everybody loved that game. Michigan fans, if they're being honest with you, loved that game. They were like, "This is how I wish our team looked." Uh, so Michigan State beats Michigan 83 to 67 at the Brez with a ton of football recruits in the house. Uh, you love to see it. Mm. Um, you so, love to see a football recruit there wishing the best for Keon Coleman. 
and it was his best. Yes. Uh, we'll get to Keon in a second. Um, I, you know, I think uh, what was interesting to me about this game is that uh, there was a clear decision made by the MSU staff to uh, give Hunter Dickinson the Luca Garza treatment mm. and uh, that they were, they were going to, they were going to let Hunter do what Hunter does down low and they were going to do their best to defend him. Um, slow him down, wear him out. They talked a lot about sending body after body after him, making him run, uh, bringing, you know, uh, bringing the the five up for a high ball screen so that Hunter had to chase. Um, and Hunter Dickinson, you know, had himself a nice game, uh, six boards, 25 points, um, three turnovers. Um, but I think the, you look down the stat sheet for the rest of the team and I think we did pretty good. Yeah. Um, so let's start with Max Christie for us, though. 16 points and was the offense at the beginning when we had no offense. Uh, Plum, I think that's the most praise I've seen you sing of the freshman. I was happy with Max Christie early in the season. Uh, obviously, the Illinois game did him no favors in my eyes, but uh, he was fun to watch today. I mean, he shot 75% from behind the three-point line. Perfect otherwise. Um, he just was great. He was or on free throws rather. He was, he was great to watch had three uh, good rebounds, a great block, um, red play competitively steel. I mean, he was active on both sides of the court, um, and he was contributing up and down. So I, I, this is the kind of game that you expect out of a McDonald's all American. And, uh, if that's, if Illinois is a one-off aberration, great. Um, we'll give some credit to the zone, got him fired up. Uh, this is exactly what you expect for him and, and- not one. Personal foul from and Christie. not one missed free throw either. Three for three. Right. Uh, and they had him on Eli Brooks, uh, who ended up playing 38 minutes, um, eight points on 11 attempts. Uh, one. Not four. very efficient, Eli. Yeah. Yeah. Not very efficient for Eli at all. Well, um, and, and those 38 minutes out of Eli required 35 out of Max Christie. Those might be some of the most minutes he's played this season in a game. Yeah, that's uh, that's reaching his peak. Um, that's for sure. Uh, it, it was uh, it was a it was a good outing by Max, um, the man who put the dagger, other than Keon Coleman, in all of this. Though, if we're talking about the person who started it, Stevie Izzo, the man who yeah. ended it was Joey Hauser, um, who went five for six from the field, two for three from three point land. Um, a relatively quiet night for him on the boards at at with just two. two. Um, but I would say, you know, Joey Hauser did better than I would have ever anticipated towards the end of the game when they were running a small ball lineup in defending Hunter Dickinson yep. way better than I would have ever imagined out of Joey Hauser. Um, I mean, just played a hell of a game and it was great to see his shot shot coming home. So, um, and, and I want to say this about that particularly, you know, I was complaining to you guys about the lack of rebounds that we were getting their offensive rebounding. I mean, they pulled down like eight of them and in this, uh, uh, what's his, uh, Juwan Howard called this out in the post game in the presser around how frustrated he was that they would pull those balls down and then just distribute it back to the top. They weren't going for the easy layup going back to the hoop. And I think that's, you got to give credit there to Hauser and you got to give credit there to Bingham when he was in, they the def- defensive pressure, even when they were putting them up over him, you know, and Dickinson did, I mean, 25 points is great, but it's the relentless pressure. And so you got to give the guy credit for that. Sure. You can let him dunk on you a little bit, put up some points, but that constant pressure is also preventing some of those putbacks, um, which are just easy points. So I, I give him credit for that. Um, and I hate giving him credit. You know, it, while we're talking about the four, uh, it's worth, talking about Malik Hall as well, because between Joey and Malik, they totaled 29 points uh, today or yesterday. Sorry. Um, Malik, uh, three steals, uh, had himself, you know, six boards, had a, uh, a really, really fantastic game on both ends of the court. Um, for all the questions of the four, it, it, it seems like that is starting to, Clip mm-hmm. or click for us a little bit, and that's really encouraging to see, um, particularly when you've got a, a really strong big man in Marcus Bingham um, at the five, uh, who only four points but eight boards and four blocks and two steals. So Marcus Bingham had uh, had himself 
quite the contribution to this game. But I, here's who I, I think we can and should be most impressed with. AJ Hogard. Yes. I think I slandered his name last week when I said he should be an elite backup point guard. 11 points, 10 assists, one turnover, and that last turnover was real late in the game. A block, a steal, two boards. Like, AJ had himself a game. Uh, was playing under control. Yes. Yeah. And this has got to be the basketball that Tom Izzo sees in practice. This is the basketball that Izzo is eminently confident Hogard can play, which is why he continues to give him as many minutes as he get. Hogard played 24 minutes today to Tyson Walker, 16. 16. Um, and Tyson Walker had another dismal showing. Um, he had seven points, you know, I, which I get, I like seven points. If he only pulled on one board, um, I, he was one for one from behind the three point line, but just look bad and, and responsible for three turnovers, you know, tonight or that night, last night, whatever night, whatever we, it was we game. Went, game basketball. We each went for 13 turnovers. Um, and so the one thing that saved us from the, you know, turnover demon that lives in us is they were just as ungainly, but the fact is we bested them by four points in terms of capitalizing on those. And, you know, so you look at a guy like Tyson, I know, I know you, you want to make this what Hogard, so I'll give you the floor back to you. I just, this is the kind of shit Tyson Walker is still getting himself into trouble with. And he still is just looks uneasy. Hogard. I don't know. This was his night. Yeah. I, I don't know what you can say other than like, I, I don't, I, I still think there's some excellence in Tyson Walker. It's not there yet. Uh, but I do think AJ Hogard, you you see a couple more performances like this. And and frankly, they've been trending more this direction than not. They have. Uh so, you know, at some point in time you need to start talking about AJ as more than just a backup. Yeah. Um, maybe the option as yeah. it turns out. Uh but we uh we <laughs> we have one other person to talk about, and that is Mr. Keon Coleman. Uh, guards minutes come in. Greg, have you seen this yet? <laughs> you did yeah. see it. What say? See what you saw? Did you see Keon, Keon Coleman's uh, play? Yeah, I saw the dunk. Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, and and you saw the handle he exhibited. Yeah, he ran through two guys, and I think those were Michigan's like starters. Yeah, it was not garbage. <laughs> It was not Brandon Johns in there, I don't think. Juwan Howard was fouling till the bitter end. Like, the game well out of hand, and he's like, I got time. I got time. He's won there, so he knows what it takes. We're going to talk about Juwan in a second. Uh, So, um, yes, I felt very confident that... There are two the two football players that wanted to play basketball that that would not take place. Um, I went so far as to say that anyone that thought that, um, I, I questioned their sanity, their wellness, their, their mental wellness. And yet here we are. Ken Coleman delivers the, uh, the exclamation point in the game. And, uh, I think really how we should talk, what we should talk about is that he already took a shot. CV Izzo still has zero points on his career. Come on, man. What are you doing? (laughs) Keon? Wait, doesn't Stevie have a free throw? I don't think so. Oh, I thought he did. Um, though uh, we have one other person we have to we have to talk about though, and it's Mati Sissoko, who who the score only logged two minutes for. I think that might be wrong, but three personal fouls <laughs> in two minutes of play. <laughs> the enforcer. Yeah, the body. I I, we gotta. I I'm gonna give Mati as much time as he wants, but. Um, you got to hope to see some strides. Uh, I look, this feels great. Cause it was Michigan. Yeah. Um, it, it also feels like they, th- there was some hat hanging going on from the Michigan crowd on like, well, our efficiency numbers, blah, blah, blah. Like this team could put it together. Uh, this was a, a full blown stomping that happened. And, uh, and you know, just, the ability to put distance between themselves and Michigan in the second half was compelling. Um, this had the look of a team that can make a run. And so you hope to see a few more of these, particularly as we're going to talk about with the schedule that's coming up. Yeah. I know it's on, on the, the road. road, 
Yeah, but you got to do some of this on the road. You got to run people out of their own gym too. Um, and so, I don't know. It like I look at the emergence of AJ Hogarden, and I mean, a lot of teams would be jealous for the play that we're getting out of him. So, um, um, should we should we say that the only you know sort of in keeping with this subject, the only uh, the only entity more embarrassed than me this week was the university of Michigan hockey team, uh, when it was responding to FOIA requests. Uh, we can save that for off grand river. If you'd like, I was kind of transitioning us to, to off grand river. We got to talk you, about football. Might... It's the sport oh, that always leads. Greg. What is wrong with this guy? I'm not paying any attention Get him at out of here. Why am I here? Why was I invited today? Oh my God. Uh... I'm honestly asking that question. All right, let's talk football. So yeah. big pickup in the portal here today. Mm -hmm. uh, Jonesy, you want to tell us about this? Yeah, uh, Jarek Broussard, uh, who <laughs> running back from Colorado, which I have to say, true joy to steal um, from Colorado again. It's too bad that those buffs were too broke to keep him. Yeah, too broke. Uh, class of 2018, uh, he came out of high school as a low to mid three star. Mm -hmm. Um, the re-rankings from uh in the transfer portal puts him in 89, which is near a four-star. He's still a three, but near a four-star. Um in 2020 was the Pac-12 offensive player of the year. He reached a thousand yards in just nine games. Um he's shifty, 5'9, 185. Uh you're gonna see in some of his play, what the attributes of Kenneth Walker that we we liked in that, you know, patience, good vision, shiftiness, not as fast, but, uh, you know, I, I think what you're looking at is potentially between, um, him and Berger Berger out of, uh, Wisconsin, a, a one, two punch that can do some damage here. Um, so that like, this is a, we all watched the peach bowl. We all saw how that went. Uh, this is this is a nice addition for the team, um, and I would just say everyone keep your eye on the portal. There's more coming. So, um, other news, I can just read headlines, guys. Uh, Marco Coleman, Georgia Tech defensive line coach and 14 year NFL veteran. It's reported that he's expected to be hired by Michigan State. I can't wait till that gets confirmed by the program in, in April. spring ball. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it'll be after spring ball, even though he's on the field. Yeah, literally there. Ball. Yeah, on camera. Uh, Can I, I'm, I just want to go back to something because I, you know, I have, I never had anything against Colorado. I don't really care about Colorado, give or take. I, I think that's what bothers them. But, it, well, and it does. But now I, and I'm getting it. You know, now I'm really leaning into it because they're so upset. And that just shouldn't make me as happy as it does. But I, if Jarek Prasar had come from anywhere else, I wouldn't care. But now, but now I'm really all in on this kid's future. Uh, yeah, it, I mean, I, I think it's, um, this is a big pickup for us. A, a, a nice one. Um, and hopefully, you know, we'll see, we'll see a pretty competent running game next year. Um, but Ron Burton's replacement hired. I think the only other thing that I wanted to talk about, and this isn't quite MSU football, but it's adjacent, uh, Peyton Thorne's dad. Been hired by Western Michigan. By Western Michigan. The offensive coordinator. Who, Greg, you pointed out, we play first game of the year next year. I'm curious if you've given any thought to how that week is at home. Um, tense. It's just tense. This There's isn't no like a, a Hoiberg situation. No. Where Hoiberg, you know, goes home to visit dad. Um, but Hoiberg's not going to see the court. <laughs> or if he does, it's really insulting. Uh, I mean, the, the truth of the matter is that the, uh, the offensive coordinator for Western Michigan is not looking at anything related to, to the offense of Michigan state. Uh, True. but still, you know, gotta have a little gamesmanship. I would think, you know, mm -hmm. um, you know, Peyton, you gotta help your, uh, your defense out. What are your dad's, you know, tendencies? What are the types of plays that you think he's going to want to run? Come on. How about the team? Come on, oh, yeah. tell us. Tell us. Tell us. What's your daddy like? Um, all right. Now, Greg, we can head off Grand River. Ah, Michigan hockey! They're fools! 
They're fools! Plum, do you have the details on this story? I have deets. But I wanted to give Greg a chance to just continue to, I don't know, interject. Embarrass other, myself? Yeah, inappropriate, slanderous remarks. Um, so here's what we know. Back in October, uh, Wilmer Hale, well-known, reputable DC-based law firm of international renown, uh, got involved in a Title IX complaint that was placed uh, cr- uh, accusing um, Michigan hockey coach Mel Pearson of instructing students to lie on their COVID-19 tracing forms. That's a problem. Uh, it went on to say that Pearson and his director of hockey operations, a man named Rick Bancroft, had been discriminating against female staffers and overall creating a, quote, toxic work environment for female support staff, end quote. Um, There were concerns uh, leveled by one of the student athletes, a man on the team, uh, who raised concerns about the team's culture of retaliation and called Pearson out specifically about that. And there was some uh, suggestion that uh, Director of Hockey Operations, Rick Bancroft, who's been with that program for many, many years, had known actually about the sexual misconduct being committed by Robert Anderson and had not taken action about that. These allegations recently came to light, even though they've been getting investigated since October. So this most recent information, the FOIA, uh, about uh, uh, the very Michigan duck action, they love to do that, even when it's Western. It doesn't really matter who it is. They just have no no reputation uh, or self-respect. that uh, you know, this is this is just who that program is. Wait, wait, so the FOIA about ducking Western, irrespective of this, this just oh. came out separately. Oh, I thought maybe the FOIA of that caught. It would this be fun. Well. Yeah, that would be really delightful. Uh, 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 but the um, so Mel's having a bad run, not Tucker Pearson. Correct. Um, and uh, I, I mean, I, I'm very curious to see how they handle this. Uh, I have a feeling I know the answer. Um, but uh, there's some other news off Grand River, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Big Ten. Has been listening Kevin, to the pod. Kevin Warren, big fan of the pod, has been listening. Greg, what's the story here? Uh, so there are rumors coming out of the mill that the Big Ten is seriously considering giving up its uh, divisions in football and moving to a kind of a a, uh, three protected game and then do a round robin of the rest of the conference uh, over a couple of years type of format, which um, I think everyone on the planet could look (laughs) at the Big Ten and its current divisions and say, uh, that's a pretty good idea. Pretty solid idea. Uh, So hopefully this happens sooner rather than later. Although now we do have the... We, we have at least the uh, the Big Ten uh, formalized uh, schedules for next year. Do, do they release the following year as well? I don't know. That's so a great question. Th- there's a possibility uh, that this could be put into place as soon as 2024 or 2023, maybe. Um, and I guess we could speculate about who MSU's two or three protected uh, games would be. I. I would really suggest... has to be about quality of the trophy. I think. Yeah. Could you just stick with the three trophy games? Could it just be Michigan, Penn State, and Indiana? I'd be I on. Mean, I'd be on board with that. That'd be fair. just fine. Great. Um, although you know, I'd be happy to have some other teams thrown in. Uh, we so... had a nice little Wisconsin rivalry sort of uh, blooming back in the day. Yeah. Um, I'd be fine with a Wisconsin. I wouldn't be fine with Purdue. That fucking creep ass mascot. No, sir. Yeah, I don't want Purdue Pete anywhere near this program. Thank you or very which, much. Or whichever iteration of him seems to be, you know, available that day. Truly, truly unsettling. Uh, though, are they thinking about uh, dropping back to eight games? Well, they, so the talk is that they might have to. This is part of that whole backpack alliance thing, right? <laughs> I, I'm, gonna, I'm the only one that calls it that still, but I'm never going to stop. Um, and so you think this sort of, removal of the uh divisions or whatever it was kind of a foregone conclusion i mean as if that alliance really does pick up and you have to create the space for the interleague games i don't know how you make that structure work yeah well at least with the interleague games you're still getting the tv ratings in fact you might be getting better tv ratings absolutely uh lean into that 
um, and they may not be on BTN, so we won't have to suffer through just the worst broadcasting. Um, but either way, it's good that the Big Ten's actually exploring this because it's it's clear that what's happening now is broken. Um, so that's exciting. Less exciting, well, mixed bag. The it is a mixed football, bag. The College Football Playoff Committee has changed, and I think our least favorite person ever, Gary Barta, has exited the committee. Yeah. Thankfully. Yeah. Uh, and man noted for not being able to keep track of his car, Ward Manuel, <laughs> uh, is is now on the College Football Playoff Committee. Uh, do we have feelings about this? I have some, but I'm going to reserve my word manual feelings. I don't think he lasts very long, especially if this Wilmer Hale under the hockey thing goes any further. I bet he's out of a job sooner rather than later. His boss just got sacked, as it were. So not much optimism there for to be Michigan fans, to be sure. My bigger concern is now that Barta has all this time on his hands, you know that he's going to come into the Big Ten like a wrecking ball. And if we really do get rid of the divisions, he's probably going to have a lot of zany ideas around how to determine who with top two teams go to the playoff. And you know, when you set aside watching the games themselves, (laughs) you really have to look at different statistical categories to determine how and why Iowa is always going to be going. To the championship. He, he, he will he will certainly say, let's look at Ken Palm's adjusted <laughs> offensive measurements from last year, and we'll use those to determine the football champion this year. <laughs> um, yeah, that sounds right. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, do we want to preview some games, gentlemen? Let's do it. So there are two coming up this week. Uh, first is going to be at Maryland on Tuesday, 7 p.m. on the ESPN the dose uh so maryland this team's i ken palm 91 94 on offense 81 on defense they did just lose at home to indiana by a pretty substantial margin 13 what happened to this team they were good in the acc man this maryland team well first off they don't have a coach still they're still an associate head coach purgatory land so they're just adrift they shoot like garbage from three and yeah. don't, you know, shoot that well generally. Um, but Alexander, good at free throws, though. Basics, baby. Team after your own heart. Oh. Um, they do have recent wins against Rutgers in Illinois, but a 13-point loss at home to Indiana is a stinker. So <laughs> big, uh, big guys to watch. Um, you'll remember Eric Ayala from last year, 6'5 shooting guard. Uh, uh, six five. He brings the ball up, doesn't he? Six yeah. five point guard. He couldn't call himself a shooting guard. He yeah, he's not a great shooter. Really shoot, so yeah. I wouldn't. It's I wouldn't. Sort of a Rocket Watts esque shooting yeah. guard, if you will. But he's going to be on the court a lot. Um, speaking of guys that are on the court a lot, guards. Uh, Lil Fats Russell. Uh, he's just a. He's like less than six feet. Um, he's so fine. that's the little. But did you want to talk about the fats or is that fats? Fats, Russell. Fats. He's just a tubby little guy. Uh, Rhode Island transfer that I don't know anything about, except for he plays a lot for Maryland, transferred from Rhode Island. He was a coveted transfer, I believe. Was he? I think so. Yeah. Mm. Uh, But like a Broussard type. But he's Um, not uh, he's not translating. And then, uh, you know, the only other really relevant player and i say that now some dude's gonna have a career night on us uh hakeem hart uh really efficient from two-point land um especially under the bucket so uh those are your players to watch in a team that is not very good is we must have the line on that already do we know what the line is i'm not gonna Uh, look it up it'll be i'm gonna guess msu by seven four hundred four msu by four hundred there we go that's the one um, I was going to say, I bet you can tell you who what our projected score is by Torvik anyway. Eh, who needs it? Yeah. 72-69. All right. Wow. That's, that's it? settingly close. I'll say this, ESPN predictor, uh, 68% uh, that Illinois was going to win, and they were right. So who can explain that? Science. Yeah. Uh, Science. Uh, Science. All right, uh, then we also have Rutgers on Saturday, 4 p.m. on FS1. Uh, Rutgers is Ken Palm 102. Uh, they are 200th in offensive efficiency, but 47th in defensive efficiency. So uh, playing defense, which tracks. Uh, what's concerning is that this is at the rack where 
Rutgers does inexplicably well in comparison to their Yeah, away. we should look at all of their efficiency numbers at home. Like, don't do it overall. Just do it at home. All right, you got it. You pull it up. Uh, in the meantime, Torvik is projecting this as a 69-63 win for Michigan State. Uh, the three people uh, that you need to know about are Ron Harper Jr., who has been there forever. Forever. Uh, Burr. Shooting over 40% from three-point land. Geo Baker, also who's been there forever, uh, doing Geo Baker things. Um, you know, there'll be uh, there'll be a tandem that you got to account for. I, I, I do think this team, at least defensively, has the guys to guard both of them. Um, you do see uh, that, you know who it was? Josh Langford was talking about Rutgers and that, the plan the plan was always with Rutgers to just let them go into ISO ball because their dudes would just start taking shots when you like let them go ISO um, and they would take terrible shots. So uh, I do think that's true for Ron Harper Jr. and Geo Baker. Also, um, uh, Josh, love seeing you on TV, but leave the scouting report at the door, please. Yes. Um, that, that's some confidential material. We don't need... These Rutgers idiots knowing about this ISO ball plan. Thank you very much. Unless that's not the plan and Josh is playing moves ahead. Ooh, chess. Inserting this. Yeah. 3D chess. That's my man, Josh Langford, right there. I do love the idea that like the, the scouting report is so disrespectful, though, that it's like you're so poorly coached that if <laughs> that you're going to let them just do this because you know they're not very good. Uh, the other person to know is Clifford Amaru- Amarui, um, who's their center, 6'11", 240. Um, is, I think, I mean, he's got the length that he's going to present some challenges. Uh, this might be a Mati Sissoko uh, special, though, because he shoots 58% from the line. So it is... So it that's is the very- handicap we're talking about for this kid. No, notably, now that we're saying all of these things, to Greg's point, he will go 100% from the line. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, a guy, sort of a hack-a-shack that you can, you can go out there uh, at 58%, I think, you know, if you can foul him well enough that he can't score, then go for it. Can I? We didn't talk about Mari Sosoko at uh, Michigan, really anything over the week. He didn't come up, really. And uh, I, didn't, I don't see any Twitter questions about it. You mentioned him here he's he's not developing he's not panning out he's not the guy that we thought he would be or really need him to be in fact the only news coverage for him over the week was pointing out how hauser had to step in to black dickinson simply because when the other fives got into foul trouble you had no one else and he and sissoko simply couldn't do it yeah you know the kid had his best his career high was eight points and that was in the michigan game last year in Mm -hmm. march that was at home. You know, I don't, I guess I don't know if you want history to repeat itself. Maybe you thought this would be an opportunity. He certainly had an opportunity to come off the bench and really contribute. And he's losing his opportunities. You know, what's, what's here for him? What's here for us with him? Yeah, particularly if I don't think Marcus will come back, but if Marcus Bingham comes back and you get yep. Jackson Kohler coming in behind him. Yeah. These are sad thoughts, though. Yeah, this, uh, this okay. is not what we want to be talking about. Oh, right fine. All right, let's head to Twitter questions, shall we? Fine All and dead. Right. First Twitter question is for Kevin Gregg. Well, no, before we do that, uh, we know that, uh, you know, maybe you're jumping ahead a little bit on the, on the app right now. Let's leave a like and a subscribe. Remember, you know, as long as we're on the phone, you know. Uh, Retweet the show. Yes. So go ahead. Uh, hit me with listener Mike Jones. First question. Uh, uh, host Mike Jones. Keon Coleman is currently averaging four points <laughs> per minute. That's 160 points a game. Obviously, it's crazy to think Keon should pl- could play all 40 minutes at this point. But Izzo has to get Keon 15 minutes a game. Those 60 points per game would be very useful. Whose minutes does he take? Um, I would give him Stevie's minute. So there's one, one back. They played right. together. So now we've got eight minutes. I don't care. I don't care, Michael. Uh, you know who else I'm going to give him the minutes from? Uh, I'm going to give him... Mahdi's minutes. Mahdi's minutes. So there's two more. We're up to three. Now things get tough. Uh, 
All right, Max Christie, you're on the bench. Bye. Uh, Keon, Keon, Keon. Let's get up to 20 minutes. Let's get a clean, let's get a clean 80 points per game out of Keon Coleman. 80 points. I love it. Uh, next up from listener Mike Jones, Plum, uh, Winter Olympics start this week. What's your favorite event slash sport to watch? That's not a question. Know. It's curling. Hello. You love to see that Canadian domination, don't you? Love to see some nice rumps, great posture, just mm-hmm. great views all around. Just, they're just hold over and they're doing their, their, their hurting You know what my favorite event uh, in the Winter Olympics is? Not swimming for two weeks. Good God. At least we get to see some diversity in event in the winter. Less so of people, though. What? Oh, I get get what you're saying. I'm on board now. Yes. Um, And finally, from listener Mike Jones uh, to host Mike Jones, who does Hunter Dickinson have pictures of? Kevin Warren? Larry Scarotto, he's the referee from okay. Saturday's Michigan game. Some of us are allowed to not know the referees, okay? Uh, he gets away with murder on the block. Uh, shitty thing is, he has absolutely no NBA future, so that giant turd will probably be at Michigan for four years, flexing every time he makes a layup. I, I do think it's worth saying that Hunter Dickinson has the nerdiest run I've ever seen, and the dumbest flex uh and and the way he flexes is also similar to how he runs which is confusing uh <laughs> but but anyway uh yeah man i uh i don't know uh it it was bizarre what hunter dickinson gets away with on the block that like we were getting called for touch fouls that Madi Madi sissoko definitely does does not receive the hunter dickinson treatment let's say that yeah, 100% on that. And yet, I still like Hunter Dickinson more than I like Brad Davison. So. Wow. That, I mean, I, I'm, that's fair. Do with that what you want. Uh, uh, next up from the wide receiver to combo card uh, pipeline is, who's having a week right now, <laughs> yes, yes. Really is watching Keon put up points the closest you've ever felt to God. Yeah, yeah, that's I fair. Mean, I saw God. God came to me in a vision and yeah, said, Some kind of prepare. vision. Prepare yourself. Here it comes. Here it comes. I'm putting my vessel on earth into the game. And uh, he's going to dunk on you, basically. Uh, next up from Spartan 18770, Plum, number one. Oh, I like how we got, we got the numbering scheme here. Okay. We're Should MSU's football slash basketball team at the Peach Bowl Wait, should MSU's football slash basketball team at the Peach Bowl played against Michigan's basketball team Saturday to have made it fair? Should, should we have their football team at the Peach Bowl played against the... Oh, I see. Yes, Wes, we should have. The, our football team that played at the Pe- Peach Bowl, there are... The, no. But yes, whatever you think we should have done to make it fair, we should have done to make it fair. at Because... It was clearly unfair. Basketball v. Basketball. Quad one team against quad nine team. Um, you know, quad cat o nine tails team. I don't know. Who really cares? Next up from Spartan 108,770. Nailed it. Uh, nailed it. Greg, which Michigan coach is the most overrated and overpaid? <laughs> John Harbaugh or Jim Harbaugh or Joe Harbaugh? The three Harbaugh brothers. Choose choose between your Harbaugh's or your, or your Jawans. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, they're both that. Yeah. Oh, no. uh, I get it. Uh, I'm just uh, I'm proud of Harbaugh that he got his uh, NFL. Uh, he got his NFL interview. The Vikings were like, fine, we'll we're, do it. We're the Vikings. We we'll got give nothing you else. A shot. Yeah. Come yeah. on up. Come on up to the Twin Cities. Let's have a chat. He's such um, a boob. Just a fucking boob. But they, they're they having a bit of a competition right now for who can be more overrated. Uh, but yeah. give me give me the Harbaugh right now. He's All being right. the most overrated. I right. think that's Just, right. I think that's probably right. Now, he's not being overpaid, though. <laughs> In fact, he's does uh, 
he has definitely regressed to the mean on that one. Uh, Greg, this one I think is also for you. Why in the hell couldn't I find Yellow Spot whiskey in East Lansing bars? What is a Yellow Scott whiskey? I don't know what a Yellow Scott whiskey is. Well, it's Yellow Spot. Spot. Yellow Spot. So, Scott. Spot. Beam me up, Spotty. Uh, I also don't know. I'm looking this up. It's apparently a 12-year-old single pot still Irish whiskey. Mm. Uh, oh, it's a very expensive whiskey, though. I will say that. It is a very expensive what are we uh, what are we charging for a for a fifth? 115 yeah. bucks. All right. All right, Spartan 18770. I've been too far down the, the scotch hole. But apparently that's I gotta said, switch to according to caskers.com, this product oh, is course. not available in the great state of Michigan. Okay, caskers.com's got you on this. Spartan 18770. Mamapa Leaf, who has retired the bit, asks, <laughs> uh, as I see it, Michigan State played poorly in the first half, and after halftime, they came out and played well in the second half. Then, Izzo Jr. got in the game, and MSU won. What's your take? Well, first, he has a name. Okay, please say his name. It needs to be spoken. Respect it. He's earned Respect that much. Respect it, Mamapa Leaf. Steve E. Uh... And I have no take on this because the take is clearly that it's Keon Coleman. Oh, but uh, we're really glad that Stevie got his minute. So, and Malik Carr, for that matter. Um, that's picked up a personal foul. <laughs> Loved that for Steve. Oh, did he? I didn't he see did. that. He did. Yeah, he's an enforcer now. Yeah, honestly, is, that's yeah. gonna. Whoever blew that whistle should be retired from officiating <laughs> because Stephen Izzo is not capable of fouling someone in the Big Ten. Fouling. He cannot impede the play of another player. <laughs> Unless he tackled the legs, in which case you still can't give him a flagrant because it's Stevie Izzo. Maybe you, maybe gave him the old, uh, you know, hit him with the, the lead pipe or something yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah, maybe you tee up his dad instead. Yes, just, and you point to him, but you're like, it's like in soccer, you can't give a yellow or a red card to a player that's like passed out or laying on the ground that has to be carted off. So you identify the captain and then you show the captain the card while pointing to the player who is in distress. Similar situation. Wow. Although I think it's a really good look to be standing over a player on a stretcher and be like, before you go, before you get into the well, ambulance, you come out of retirement yellow just card. for that, <laughs> just, just for that one thing. I did that once in my career. I had a player that had to be taken off that like couldn't stand. And I was like, get the captain over here. He gets a yellow card for that. I think you should take the distressed player and tap him on the head with the card. <laughs> <laughs> bop, 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 be gone. Uh, no, this, right. one's, this one's for you, Jonesy from Malapalop Life. It brought tears to my eyes to hear the crowd chanting Joey Hauser. Spartans coach Tom Izzo cried into his beer. He gave me everything he had. When was the last time you cried with tears of joy? Um, well, when Greg said he might miss this pod, that probably was <laughs> it. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I don't know that I know the answer to this. I don't know. That's a great question, Mama. I great question. Really producing good good podcasting. Yeah. Um, Tom Izzo was full of the emotions, though. We're dead inside, Mamopoly. If you should know that by now. <laughs> yeah. uh, next up, uh, from the Mamopoly, and finally, which uh, basketball efficiency uh, evaluating analytics strategy do you prefer and why? Uh, EFF efficiency metric or PER, player efficiency rating? Um, they all have their moments. I don't know the methodologies of either of these two. Um, but these analytics are meant to be taken as part of a wider a, a wider appraisal. Yeah, we're not team. Gary Bardas over here. We also listen, watch the games. Yeah, listen, you got to check the alphas on these things. And if they're not strong, you know, you're... What you're about just, the omegas? You you're, know? you're outside of a standard distribution. And the fatty yeses. We can't. And... I mean, you know, I... And you and you know, so and you know. Next up, Tech Jansen. So, Greg, is our basketball team good? Well, I mean, are they back to trending in the right direction again? Do we have that going for us? Sources um, are saying people are talking. People are talking. I mean, the Illinois game was not great, and you know, the outcome was a loss. There was a bit of a battle back, but still, there were a lot of things to be concerned uh, in that game. But that Wisconsin win. And now this Michigan drubbing, it's helping me think that maybe this is trending back in a in a positive direction. 
maybe in ways that we didn't expect, you know, AJ Hogard potentially taking over as the, you know, uh, the, the, the point guard in the future. Defense um, is certainly back. The defense is trending back and the team is continuing to shoot well. So gotta be happy about these types of things and we'll see. It's going to tell us a lot, you know, can this team go on the road and get wins that it should against teams that it should beat in their home environments and then can defend the house against Wisconsin and Indiana the following week. Um, if there are four wins across those four games. Yeah. This is a team to be reckoned with, man. Yeah. Pretty good. Um, I have some thoughts here, but best and worst MSU tattoo ideas. Hmm. I would think, um, I would think probably, uh, gruff Sparty has got to be a great, a great one. Um, I, I think I have mine after I graduated, I, I put my entire graduation certificate on my back, including Luana K. Simon and, <laughs> and Ferguson signatures. <laughs> So my diploma, my full back tattoo diploma with Luana K signature, who came in to the tattoo parlor to tattoo to, to her name, um, which I appreciated at the time, but has not. She's right around the corner. It's not aged well. It's not. No. Uh, I, uh, I was, I was going to say faces of anybody like <laughs> uh, Malik McDowell. Not, <laughs> not one you want on your back right now. Uh, John L. Smith. I had him on my, I had him in between the ass cracks. That was my fault. Honestly, that probably stands up to the test of time. time. Yeah. I want to get a tattoo of the olive burger, but just the olive sauce from the peanut barrel on my lower back. Just the Mm. olive burger sauce. You know what I mean? If you've had the olive burger, the peanut barrel, you know exactly what I'm talking about. In the area. Just salty. Mm. 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 Okay. Lots to think about there. Uh, uh, does cold weather make outdoor drinking more or less socially acceptable? Should be more. I think more. Yeah. I don't know that it makes it. Well, no. Yeah. It's, it's very socially acceptable to drink outside in the summer. That's very normal. Well, we can agree it reason. doesn't make it less. We can agree it doesn't. Nothing makes yeah. drink, outdoor drinking less socially acceptable. Yeah. I think it depends on what you're drinking. Like, if you had a flask with you and it's cold, I think that's always a boss move. Always boss. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Cool. But if you've got Natty Ice, I have some questions. That's also cool. You can't drink Natty Ice in the cold. The things don't go together. The ice is there in the name. It's not meant to... It's not not meant for for it. It's not not meant for it. That's how it's made. Uh, all right, next up, John Hubbard. Hey, Could LSU be playing the long game to get Mel Tucker by releasing these Brian Kelly recruitment clips? The pitch could be, come see how good you'd be, in, or good you'd make us look instead of this dingus. <laughs> uh, you, have you guys seen the latest? I, I have. Greatest? Yeah, no. Jones, do you want to explain to the audience what this Instagrammable moment is that, uh, that Mr. Brian Kelly has had? So this is the second time he's done this. Um, They have a room of sorts that uh, has a a platform on it that Brian Kelly stands embarrassingly close to a teenager. uh, And and then there's a camera that that goes around the room looking at them 360 degree view. Right. Um, And there's lights and stuff in the background. And then um, uh, Brian Kelly dances. Like a, um, like a new stripper that came from a square dance, uh, and the recruit stands there looking substantially cooler than him. The problem is that Brian Kelly stands behind the recruit, facing the recruit. You gotta face the opposite way. What are you doing? It's not that difficult. And then he puts that mean mug out there, and I'm like, oh, actually, this guy's cool. I mean, yeah, I'm, when, I'm when he does the like two fingers stripe over the eye move, I'm oh, like, so cool. man, so you you cool. were uh, you were at some uh, some dances back in the '50s, weren't you? Cool, 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 cool. cool, cool. <laughs> I like that no one on the staff was like, hey, Brian, maybe we should uh, uh, you know practice this in advance. You know, just try it, see I what do- works, see what doesn't work. You know, I do love the idea that uh, someone maybe 
saw him do this once and was like, you know what? I bet you I can make him do it again <laughs> and get an official visit out of this. And I'm not going to LSU, but like I'm doing it for the lulls uh, for sure. <laughs> Uh, next up from John Hubbard, Plum seems to have lost control of his digital life because someone keeps posting under his name that they love Joey Hauser. Is he doing okay? Uh, how are his bank accounts and credit? Do we need to start a can't read, can't write GoFundMe to help him get back on his feet? Yeah, you guys, it's bad. I have gotten busted into, I don't know how many times, probably every time a Joey, a positive Joey Hauser comment is going, I, I need your help. Uh, so, John, I'll be uh, getting in touch with you offline. I'll just send um, you a Venmo request. I'll just send you a Venmo request. Just a couple of G's should should float me for this week, and then we can we can talk about next. We should be able so. to get through this one. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, next up, Mr. Neurotic Pants. Do you get physically excited when standing for the national <laughs> anthem? Oh, my God. <laughs> what? You get erect in one way or another. Right? I mean, you're going to stand up <laughs> at attention. I, that's, I at get attention. That's right. It. Yeah. It, but it depends on what happened that week. Are we at full staff? Are we at half staff? It depends. Very upsetting. How many, how many drinks have I had? Yeah. Um, next up, Mr. Neurotic. Which MSU coach do you most want to take a bath with? Oh, my God. Are you okay? Buddy. Um, uh, I'm going to take Danton Cole. We got to talk. Let's, uh, have a, let's have a nice chat in the tub here. Danton Cole. Considering that MS, uh, that Mel Tucker has a, um, a gym in his home that looks like the Breslin practice facility. <clears throat> I'm only going to assume that the level of luxury for Mel Tucker baths is great. I'm going to Similarly appointed. Yes. Plum. I, I think that's right. I think that's right. I, I'd like to have a stogie with Mel Tucker in his bath for sure. Mm. I absolutely. I would co-sign on that. Get a nice immediately. Get a nice bubble yep. going. Have yep. a nice stogie. If that's he it. even if he asked me why are your swim trunks on, I would say that's fine, Mel. Whatever you want. I'm here. I'm here for you, buddy. <laughs> Do I hear the national anthem? Uh, next up from Mr. Rodriguez this week. His oak confronts the D. Confronts <laughs> the D. About is claiming to be current head coach. <laughs> "Quote: You gotta shuck your own corn and suggest, uh, and suggest he works as a defensive coordinator in the MAC. More trouble after Coach D throws a cup of Mountain Dew at Ron Howard after the game. Izzo equals K-pop slang." <laughs> I don't know where this went at the very end of it, I, but I I was still laughing about the national anthem. That was too good of a callback. That was very good. That's why people stick around for the whole hour and 40 minutes, because you get one of those at the end. Just one little <laughs> nugget. Uh, wow. Next up, the Upper Deck Jerk Guy. Have you ever danced with the devil by the pale blue, pale moonlight? Well, we need you to, Upper Deck Jerk Guy, because these Gabe games, they're not working right now. We're going to need you to dance with the devil. Yeah, someone's got it. Uh, speaking of which, when will we see Gabe Brown get back on track? When you dance with the devil! By the pale moonlight, upper deck jerk guy. Now you're just doing callbacks on top of callbacks. Mm -hmm. I'll meet you in the upper deck. You'll know when to go. I think we see Gabe Brown back on track uh, next game. Yeah. Actually, yeah. call my shot right now. All right, call it. I'm going to co-sign that. I think that he had some just a beautiful, beautiful dunks. They were just glorious. He didn't even react. He knew that they were solid. Yeah. He was like, I don't even have to smile after these. I play through this. Uh, Gabe, I mean, Gabe's defense hasn't seemed to have suffered. He still seems to be on track there. And right. I don't see Gabe trying to force shots. So, like, I'm not I'm not worried. Mm -hmm. He's, okay. It's all good. Um, next up from the and last up from the object jerk guy, if every Spartan played as they played in their best game, by how much would they have beaten U of M Ann Arbor? I mean, would this be a 2001? 2001 was like the 50 point drubbing, right? Yeah. I mean, it probably yeah. would have been by 40 we would have won by another 25 points i mean sissoko didn't score at all give him eight <laughs> we really keon coleman plays five more minutes give that's him 20. it that's give you 20 more <laughs> give stevie uh, a deuce for good measure 
I think Stevie's got to grow out. He's got to he's got to take a leaf out of the out of the book of uh, Matt Coughlin. Agreed. And, Agreed. And let that That's hair it. grow down. That's don't it. get. Don't you dare get engaged. No. But let that hair. No grow women. Down. No women in your life. None. None. I want to see you in the bathtub with your dad. That's it. That's it. From what I've heard from uh, for what I've seen in the uh, behind the scenes of Tom Izzo, they've got a lot to hash out those two. So maybe some bath time is is in in the cards there. All right. Well, anyone who knows Stevie, please pass along. Grow that hair out. Grow that ball uh, out, my man. We co-sign on it. Uh, damn you, father. No matter what you say, I'm growing it out. Uh, well, that is going to wrap an episode of Can't Read, Can't Write for a wonderful rivalry week. Uh, gentlemen, until next week, go green. Go white. Go white, you guys. <laughs>